Welcome to Spirit Connection with Doug Addison. Get ready to hear God, encounter the supernatural, and discover your destiny. Doug is a prophetic speaker, author, and coach whose message of love, hope, and having fun reaches people around the world. Connect with him online at DougAddison.com. Welcome to another Spirit Connection podcast. Doug Addison here. I've got some good and some sad news to report. One is the good news is our brother and prophet Paul Kane has gone to heaven. I'm sure that you've heard about this on February 13, 2019, and this is the day I'm recording this podcast. And I've got some good news. Uh, a little bit later, I'm going to unpack this a little bit more to help you understand. The sad news is that we've lost a brother and a friend and someone that I knew and had been part of prophesying and ministering into my life for a number of years. So I'm going to explain things from my standpoint. It goes back to about 1992 and talk about the vineyard movement and some of the different things and what's going on right now. And as well, bring you up to speed with an encounter I had with the Lord just last Friday. It was very significant about this and some things that's happening in heaven right now that's going to encourage you. But we want to honor the life of Paul Cain. We want to pray for those who are grieving, and we just want to bless. Lord, we pray right now. God, there's things that we don't understand, and sometimes it's an untimely death. But in this case, you know, Paul has lived a long and fruitful life, and he suffered in his body for so long, and we know that he's in your arms right now and, and that there's so much good that's coming right now. But then we're saddened on earth when we don't understand the passing of people or we don't understand when some of the prophecies don't come about. So, Lord, we ask right now, impart the spirit of wisdom and understanding to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we are saddened by Paul's loss but I tell you, heaven is rejoicing right now. I don't know if you know Paul's story, but his mother, Anna, gave birth to Paul back in 1929 after an amazing miracle. And I've heard this firsthand. I, you know, I've heard it around on tapes around the vineyard and you know, just talked a little bit here and there with people. So amazing because his mother, Anna, is where he got his seer gift and her mother and her mother, it came down several generations, very strong seer gift. But she was sick when she was pregnant with Paul, very sick. In fact, it was terrible. She had cancer in her breast and, and she had tuberculosis and she wasn't expected to live. But an angel came to her and said, you're carrying a baby. He's going to be a boy and you should name him by the name of Paul. And he's going to be a minister and he's going to be a prophet to the world. And then the angel lays hands on her and she's totally healed. I mean, seriously, this is a huge miracle. Paul was born and then Anna goes on to live to be 105 years old. But the late prophet uh, William Brannan said that Anna's healing was the greatest miracle of the 20th century because her breasts were eaten away with cancer and just a few weeks later, Paul is born and, and he's nursing on those healed breasts of his mom. And 
I just tell you, there's things that we don't hear about or know about, but God's at work all the time. And I met Paul when we lived in Santa Maria, California, a town, a small town on the central coast of California. In fact, we still have our office within Inlight Connection is still there because the Lord said it was going to be a move of God come there. And Paul had moved there and because actually he had an encounter back. I don't know the exact year, but it was in the 1950s where he was driving through Santa Maria and it was before we had 101. Uh, you know, it was before we had the freeway. It actually went through Santa Maria as a town. And what happened was he pulls up to a traffic light and in his car appears Jesus in the flesh. And the Lord spoke with him and talked with him and gave him some advice and told him some things. And then uh, a few minutes later, he doesn't remember what happened at that point, but the police lights flash behind him. He was sitting at the light for a few minutes and they thought he was asleep. And so they went up to the car and they said, are you okay? And by the way, what happened to that man that was sitting in the car? My goodness, it was Jesus Christ himself. And uh, he told, I, I just heard him tell this story again. He he jokingly told the officer it was Jesus. And so they said, I tell you what, why don't you get a hotel here and you know, I'll let you off. Uh, no ticket or anything that people think you're crazy when that happens. But I tell you, there's always been something dear about Santa Maria and God's moving there now. And Paul lived there up until his passing. Uh, he had moved there a few years ago and, and there's just something that's about to happen there as well. So I'll just tell you, Linda and I, our first encounter uh, where he actually called us out of the crowd together I'd had some earlier, but I'll share just a second. But in 2009, Linda and I had relocated our ministry in Light Connection from Moravian Falls, North Carolina to Santa Maria. This was based on a prophetic word that Bob Jones had given us. And Bob had called me up on the phone and said, you're going to be moving to the central coast of California, but I'm not going to tell you where. I want you to pray and ask the Lord. And sure enough, I did. I prayed. This was back in 2008. Late 2008, I asked the Lord, and the Lord said, what ship was Christopher Columbus on? And I knew it was a Santa Maria. I called Bob Jones, and he says, yep, that's exactly it, because God's going to do something special. There's something that's going to happen later on in Santa Maria. So we relocated there in 2009, and at that time, Paul Kane had not yet moved there, but he called a friend of mine. I had never met him. He called a friend of mine and said, I want you to bring this couple that just moved to Santa Maria. And he knew our names, Doug and Linda. And the Lord had told him the names, obviously. But he said, I want you to bring them to my meeting tonight. They have just moved back to Santa Maria, and I have a word for them. So we go to the meeting, and ministry time comes. Paul calls us out of the crowd. He says, where's Doug and Linda? He says, we've never met. You know, that's exactly right. And so Paul goes on to give us this word of knowledge and a prophetic word. He says, well... There's something in your heart about San Mateo. That's where we met and married. He said, this is your jubilee year. We were both 50 years old. And he says, the Lord calls you St. Thomas and St. Francis. That's our middle names. I tell you, by then he's, he's got our attention. That was three powerful words of knowledge. And then he went on to say, you're entering into some of the best years of your ministry 
and the Lord has called you back to the land of your anointing, which was California. And I needed to hear that because I was going through a very rough time. People have heard my stories. But it was it was just a month later that I went on to South Africa after Paul prayed for us and had encounters with angels that's changed my life forever. So that was my first real powerful time, you know, getting a word with Linda and I. But I, I actually go back before this, all the way back to 1992, before I was a part of the prophetic movement. I was prophetic, but I was working my job. I just come out of you know, come out of a rough season, if you heard my story. And in 91, I really kind of rededicated myself completely to ministry. And I was going through a, a difficult time, but then a friend of mine took me to Kansas City. Now, the Kansas City prophets, Bob Jones, John Paul Jackson, James Gall, Paul Kane. Those are some of the names of the prophets that were part of the Kansas City movement. Now, some people, uh, you know, can Google it and find some bad stories. But I tell you what, the Lord used those people. He used those people to rebirth the prophetic movement like we've never seen before. They actually bore the weight of it. They they bore the stripes for what we do today. And I'm a first generation of, of that prophetic movement. And so back in 92... There was a a conference going on in Kansas City. My friend takes me there because the Lord had spoken to her that I should be there. And sure enough, Paul Kane calls us out of the crowd. But it was really interesting. It was an entire row of people way in the back. We were like in in the back. And it was a row of us. We didn't travel there together. We didn't even know each other. And he says, there's a row of you back there. You're all from the San Francisco Bay Area. That was exactly right. And he gave us this prophetic word that we would be going outside the camp and the power of the Lord would come and we would bring it back in the camp. Well, that's what we were doing at that time. And my friend was Sharon Waldorf, who I credit now. She has actually helped me greatly in getting into the prophetic movement early on in in my life and ministry. And she's been a, a faithful prayer warrior as well. And So what happened was we were part of a a spirit-filled Presbyterian church. So we weren't part, you know, we weren't like part of a a charismatic thing that was really necessarily going on. So we were going outside the camp, so to speak, and getting things and bring it back in, just like Paul Cain had said to us. I do remember that. I was I was there and then we had a there was a meeting. I stayed back instead of going to the afternoon meeting. I, I think I stayed back and prayed and and I heard the Lord say that I was going to encounter Paul Kane one more time. And so he said to go to the pool right now. So I, I went to the elevator, went in the push the button and went up and the doors opened. And Paul Kane and a couple other of the ministers there, Mike Bickle, got on. And I remember locking eyes with Paul Kane and something happened in my spirit. He gave me a little smile and something happened. This is still 1992. I wasn't known anywhere and and i had a prophetic gift i was all over the map but something happened it was an impartation that happened at that moment then i had another encounter with paul a couple years later 1994 i wasn't really part of ministry at the time but paul called me out of the crowd in san mateo california in a tent meeting and he gave me a word and he said that i was going to be a vineyard pastor 
which I wasn't even part of the vineyard yet. And that happened five years later. But there's something powerful about the prophetic. And there's something that that helps people to get on track. You know, it's like uh, a connect the dots drawing and the prophetic when it's done and used right in an encouraging way, which Paul could do. And he would speak those words and then that would align you with the next season of your life. And so I've been grateful to the Lord for those three encounters that I had. And and I joined the Vineyard Movement later on. But I knew about these things. I don't, I'm not sure if you know about this. But I became a Vineyard pastor and church planter. And I'm no longer part of the movement, but I have the DNA. And we used to go down to, uh, we were up in Northern California. We'd go down to the Vineyard and in Anaheim. And we would go to the conference and then bring it back up to the San Francisco Bay Area. And, you know, we would keep that fire going. And I had so much good exposure during that time. But I heard the stories about how Paul Kane came. And it was 30 years ago, actually, right about now. It was 30 years ago that Paul Kane contacted John Wimber, the founder of the vineyard, who's now in heaven. And he said, I've got a prophetic word for you. And I want you to know that it's from the Lord. So he said this. Paul said that there's going to be an earthquake on the day that I arrive in Southern California. And the day I leave, there'll be an earthquake, a large earthquake somewhere in the world. And you get to choose the days. And so uh, they were planning on this meeting. And and in December of 1988, they were going to meet on December 5th. And on December 3rd, Paul lands at the airport at 3.38, uh, I think it was uh, occurred at, at 3.38 a.m. I'm not positive about these uh, exacts, but it was definitely an earthquake happened the day he arrived. And when he left on December 7th, there was a, a huge earthquake uh, in the, uh, I think it was in the Soviet Union somewhere, but it was recorded that this really happened. So this man walked with hearing the Lord, and the Lord was behind his words. And I've watched him call people out of the crowd with details I've never seen before. I'm so serious. But when he came to the vineyard, he brought a message of revival. And uh, in 1989, Paul brought the absolutely famous Stadium prophecies in the nameless, faceless generation. And this is a prophetic word that many people might not realize actually happened, but Paul saw visions of Jesus becoming so popular and uh, a move of God. It was revival happening that all of these nameless, faceless people meant that they weren't like, uh, you know, ordained ministers coming together. Suddenly, this group of young people, older people, didn't matter. They just rose up and began having meetings so big that they had to meet in stadiums. And this was absolutely a prophetic word for what's coming, the Great Revival. It's the same word that Bob Jones saw with the Billion Soul Harvest. It's the same DNA. It's the same prophetic word. And I'm going to play right now this clip from the 1989 stadium prophecy. What if God- 
God poured out of heaven some kind of a great outpouring and his sovereignty and righteousness and justice and love and his eternal life and omniscience and omnipotence and omnipresence and immutability and veracity just dumped all over you. Azusa Street uh, was instituted and, and people went there and they beheld the baptizer and became the baptized and then they beheld the healer and became the healed and then all of a sudden God has saved the best for the last. The Jesus people came in because they beheld the Savior and became the saved. Look out, California, there's something greater than a tidal wave. There's something greater than a gigantic, charismatic earthquake coming. God will shake the earth once more, and His glory is about to be revealed in His people. Sons and daughters of God are going to be introduced in this meeting. Something's going to come uh, so strong to you that you won't even know that there be any baptism of the Holy Ghost compared to the enormous baptism you're about to receive. I tell you, that cloud is coming. That cloud is coming, for they will be the face generation of men who will stand on a platform with thousands and multitudes and masses all about and the news media, ABC, NBC, CBS, CNN will be saying, ladies and gentlemen, we have no news tonight to report the good news. The whole world is going mad over Jesus. They're falling on their face and saying, Jesus is Lord and all and all. There are no sports uh, news tonight because all the football stadiums and all the ballparks and all the coliseums are filled overflowing with thousands gathering. And they're saying we have a resurrection over here. And then twisted mangled bodies are being made straight. And then the news announcers are saying, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we don't know who these people are. They're almost faceless. And they're speaking great wisdom. And they're speaking things that are bringing about resurrections and bringing about healings. And I want you to know it will happen, my friends. And the church of the Lord Jesus Christ will once again become the first line of defense. She'll be the only cure for AIDS. She'll be the only cure for communicable diseases that medical science will never be able to heal. Wow, that's so powerful. I tell you, when we moved to... Santa Maria, and Paul had called us, you know, to come to that meeting in 1989. I remember that because on the way home, I heard the Lord that next morning even. I kept hearing this song in my head. It was a Beatles song, Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Arts Club Band. It was 20 years ago today, Sergeant Pepper taught the band to play, and it just kept repeating that line in my head, 20 years ago today. That's the way the Lord speaks to me as a seer. And I went and looked it up, and sure enough, it was 20 years ago in 2009 that Paul Kane had delivered the 1989 stadium prophecy, and the Lord said, this is going to still happen. Now, here it is 10 years later, and Paul, you know, he's now in heaven. He had given that prophetic word, and we actually see stadium meetings happening with Lou Engel in the call. And we see things occurring already that's pointing towards it. I believe that what Lou Engel's doing is playing a very significant role with the fulfillment of the stadium prophecies and the fulfillment of the revival that's going to come. It's known in heaven as the Great Revival. And what they've been doing with Lou and the call and others have been sowing in prayer and sowing in prayer and sowing in prayer. And just last year in 2018, right before I got healed, the Lord called Lou Engel, Keith Ferrante, and I together because of a dream that uh, Mondo Matthews had. 
And this dream was three prophets came together as one, with one voice. And they called the world to repent and pray for the, for the revival to happen in California because it would affect the entire world, very similar to the Jesus People movement, the, many of the moves of God happened in California. Well, I just want you to know, we did that. We called people together for 40 days, and then we felt like it was supposed to end on 418 because of Luke 418. That's Jesus's, uh, it's basically his book of life. When he got up and spoke, it was Isaiah 61, but he got up and very first thing he does, he opens up the scrolls and he says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the good news to the world. So we ended our 40-day fast. In fact, we extended it to 50, I think, because of another dream. But the three of us came together. Keith Ferrante from Northern. I represented Central, even though I lived in L.A. I still live in L.A., but my ministry is in Central California. Apparently, according to the dream, that's how the Lord sees me as a Central Coast prophet. And then Lou represented Southern California. We came together, all three of our ministries. We called for that 40, and that turned into a 50-day fast. And we didn't fast from food, not all of us. Many of us fasted from negativity because there was so much negativity in the world, it was blocking revival. But here's the thing and how it ties in with Paul. We came together on 418 last year, April 18th, and Paul Kane was at the meeting. And he got up and, and he spoke and gave some prophetic words. And it was just something significant about the release of what he did at that meeting and I saw something happen in the spiritual realm. I saw assignments. I think that the only way I could say it is assignments begin to get realigned and reassigned. And part of our group went and prayed in a certain place and some things happened and we came back. And then I tell you right during this time is when I got healed last year. I've been under that four year affliction and now I'm totally healed and the Lord is moving right now. And I just want you to know this, such a powerful thing that's been happening for the month of February 2019. I've been seeing the courts of inheritance in session. Now, there's the courts of heaven. If you know my, my ministry, I do a lot of the work teaching in the courts of heaven. But the courts of inheritance, very interesting. It's very significant. It's not always going on. I saw it start about two weeks ago, the first part of February. The courts of inheritance is where callings that got forgotten or that never got fulfilled, callings that had gotten laid down, or callings that were saved for the times we're in, were being divvied up and reassigned. And this wasn't like mantles. It's the old way of thinking, I, I really believe, is, is that you have to get a mantle. I, I happen to have one, but it came after years and years and years of mentoring and working through things. But you know how I got mine is I asked for assignments. And when I arrived here in LA, I had went to the two significant places of Los Angeles. That was Azusa Street Revival started in the Bonnie Bray House and also Angeles Temple with Amy Simple McPherson. And I went in to those places and said, Lord, if there's anything that was not able to be fulfilled, would you give it to us to fulfill? And I want to tell you, within a year, we got a significant grant from the Amy Simple McPherson, that's a, the Foursquare Foundation, as a sign of that. 
And I can't say that I've got the mantles or anything that way or uh, nothing like that, but it's one thing that I always do. I ask for assignments because if you get an assignment, it'll come with the anointing. And if you can stand in that, God will he'll know that, that you can be trusted with more. And that moves its way into an anointing or a mantle that can be placed on your life. But for right now, the courts of inheritance are in session and the books are being balanced and there's callings and giftings that were let go of or that never got fulfilled or that were saved. Those were the three different ones. Let go of, never got fulfilled, or the ones that were saved for this generation and this time are now being redistributed. And last Friday when I was seeing this, I was having an interaction. It was a heavenly encounter. My Bible opens up and I start having visions uh, to uh, these types of things. And it had opened to the last verses of Obadiah. And Obadiah is a short book in the Bible and it is about inheritance. It's about Esau who let go of his inheritance to Jacob, his brother. And he lost his inheritance. And the last part of it is about the mountain of Zion. And that's, that's similar to the courts of heaven. So I, I understand these things. I know when the Lord took me there, I was seeing this open vision of this happen. And then last Friday, in the heavenly encounter, the Lord handed me a scroll. And it had writing on both sides of it. Now, this is, of course, it's a vision. It wasn't physical. It was a spiritual thing. And the scroll said, understanding death from God's perspective. And Jesus hands this to me, and he said this to me. He said, most people don't understand death from my perspective. Death is not a bad thing. Death is actually life. And there's more life in heaven. When you go to heaven, there's more life than when you're on earth. And people don't understand that. Now, I do. I understand this because I've had the opportunity to interact with heaven. Uh, most of my family's in heaven. We lost my mom you know, my dad, he died tragically when I was 10, and my mom and my aunt, my two uncles, gosh, we've lost almost a dozen people to Huntington's disease. And I tell you, this is a miracle, because I have the gene, I was diagnosed gene positive, uh, and I wasn't in any way in an advanced stage, but I tell you, I was the same age and the same amount that killed most of my family. My brother's there in heaven now, my mom, my oldest sister's in heaven. And I tell you, I got healed at a Todd Bentley conference in 2001. When we started, a few months later, we started in like connection to do what we're doing today. And it was Bob Jones, John Paul Jackson, Larry Randolph, and many of these the prophetic people, Paul Kane, have been part of sowing and giving into my life to do what I do today. And the Lord told me that a day would come when I would help fulfill the great revival that was going to come on the earth, the billion soul harvest. And in this case with Paul Kane would be the stadium prophecies. Now I understand this because I interact with heaven. And when the Lord handed me the scroll, there was just a list of a few verses. And he said, you need to prepare people for this. And on Tuesday, just the last two, actually uh, yesterday, it's February 12th. I'm recording this on February 13th. Yesterday, I had a, a mentoring meeting with my Enlight Connection team, and I told them about it. I said, we need to understand death from God's perspective. I had no idea Paul was going to go to heaven today. But now I'm understanding this, and 
I'll read you the verses, and hopefully you'll get this impartation that death is nothing to be feared. In fact, when there's fear around death, that's a demonic thing. There's, there's so much because of this really strange thing that God imparted to people about, you know, about going to hell and being afraid of going to hell. There's demonic forces that get attached to making people being afraid of the Lord and being afraid of, of all these things, afraid of the supernatural. That's not what God wants to do. So Psalm 116.15 is the first verse that was on the top of the scroll that said, Understanding Death from God's Perspective. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. Hebrews 12.1 Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Now the cloud of witnesses are those who have died before us. My mom's there. I've seen the cloud of witnesses open up several times. There's people praying for you. They're interceding for you right now. John twelve twenty four, Jesus said, I tell you the truth, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. Now, Jesus himself, he was talking about himself. He had to die before he could enter into life and before he could fulfill this prophecy of the seeds. And I tell you, when one seed dies like Paul, he was planted in the earth. I'm not talking necessarily burial. I'm just saying he, that he passed and he goes to heaven now. His seeds will produce many many seeds and that's the case with many of the prophets that have died and the ministers i'm going to talk about that in just a minute but the next verse that was on this scroll was first thessalonians four thirteen. brothers we do not want to be ignorant about those who have fallen asleep or died or grieve the way the rest of men or the rest of the world do who have no hope we believe that jesus christ died and rose again so that we can believe in god that he will bring Jesus back to those who have fallen asleep in him. Now, Paul had a revelation and understanding of this, and he was encouraging people to be encouraged. Don't be discouraged about someone passing. Yes, you can grieve, but don't be discouraged by it. 2 Corinthians 5.8 was on the scroll, and it says, We are confident. I say I would rather be away from the body and at home with the Lord. Now, Paul said this after his encounter in 2 Corinthians 12. Now, this is 2 Corinthians 5. So we know that this is written after his, his 2 Corinthians 12 encounter where he was taken into heaven. And he saw things that he couldn't repeat. And, and that was a heavenly encounter. So he understood that he would much rather be with the Lord than to be in the body and, and be in pain. And I tell you, I've gone through this myself and i've had these heavenly encounters very similar to what paul was talking about i've seen and heard things that i can't repeat and some things i do repeat to encourage you uh, but i'm confident now i would prefer to be at home with the lord but for your sake i i'm here with you when i went through my four years of affliction i had to really hold on to that verse there's another one that the lord said solomon song of solomon 8.6, place me as a seal on your heart, like a seal on your arm, for a love as strong as death 
Its jealousy unyielding as the grave. It burns like a blazing fire, like a mighty flame. Rivers cannot quench this love. I tell you, this is the love the Lord has for you. It's a love that is stronger than death. It's a love that is stronger than your sin and your struggles. And I know there's an impartation happening right now. And that I felt really just right now is a time to to just look to the Lord. And now there's a difference between Satan taking a life and the Lord bringing someone to heaven. But then again, if Satan takes a life, then you can claim justice for that life. And so in Isaiah 61, that's the verse that Jesus quoted, you know, in, in Luke 4. It's a verse that, that's over my life. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. Well, it also says that you can become an oak of righteousness and become a planting of the Lord's splendor. I believe that when someone goes to heaven, you become a planting of the Lord's splendor. That what you're going to accomplish is going to be greater than you could ever, ever dream. Now, I recommend not wanting to go to heaven early. This is so important. Some people are so discouraged that they're asking the Lord to take them to heaven early. And I want to encourage you not to do that because that's coming into agreement with a premature death. That's the spirit of death and not the spirit of the Lord. If you've done that, just repent now and ask the Lord to give you strength to go on. Because if you experience that, that means that you have an amazing call on your life. I've been so sick several times in my life, I tell you. I've been miraculously healed, and I'm so glad I didn't give in and say, Lord, take me. I did not. Mm -mm. I fought. So we can claim justice for the deaths. We can claim justice for the sicknesses. And notice this. Stephen, he died. He was stoned to death in Acts 7. And God responded to that untimely, unjust death, and he sent Saul, or the Apostle Paul, in Acts chapter 9, one of the greatest revivals in history at that time, rose up because of the injustice over the death of Stephen. And that's why I I take some of these untimely deaths, or not just an untimely death, because Bob Jones, Prophet Bob Jones, he, he was old, you know, and same with Paul Cain, he was old enough. But sometimes, you know, they died before their time as far as their prophetic words and their life. And so as we're looking at that, we want to cry out to the Lord for justice. I tell you, with all the unjust blood being spilled, it's like when when Cain killed Abel, the Lord said, Abel's blood is crying out from the ground. I tell you right now that the blood of the prophets is crying out. And we're about to see a move of God take place, the planting of the Lord's splendor. Now, it's interesting that there's some passings in February. Bob Jones, a prophet, passed and went to heaven in 2014. John Paul Jackson, 2015. Billy Graham, 2018. Now, Paul Kane in 2019, all in February. And I believe it's because February is the month of love. It's a time when we celebrate, of course, Valentine's Day, and there's probably more significance, but I know that there's four right there that are plantings 
of the Lord's splendor. And I've seen so many people going through it right now. I want to encourage you. In fact, if you've been discouraged, I want to encourage you to come back to the Lord. If you've felt like you've drifted away or maybe you've gotten into addictions or some stuff's happened, come back to the Lord now. The passing to heaven of Bob Jones and John Paul Jackson, they were personal friends and mentors and fathers of mine. It sobered me up. I tell you, something happened to me. I had an encounter the day that uh, that I had both an encounter with when Bob Jones died a couple days later, and I had the morning of John Paul Jackson's passing to heaven. I saw it happen, and it sobered me up. I, I said, Lord, I want to now do whatever it takes. I want to do what it takes. So right now, I want to encourage you to step in and rededicate yourself if you've gotten discouraged or rededicate yourself to the calling, rededicate yourself to the Lord, rededicate yourself to whatever it is. I just felt that this is a time to come to the Lord in a greater way. So Lord, we pray right now with the untimely passing as far as prophetic words go. It didn't it didn't see it fulfilled of Paul Cain, but at the same time was timely with his suffering. We ask now, Lord, that you would take the blood of the prophets or the blood of the evangelist and what they had suffered from. They suffered for us to be able to step into what we do right now. So, Lord, we ask on earth as it is in heaven, would you do it, Lord? Release the assignments that have never been completed or open the scrolls and the books to their assignments that were saved for this time. Open up the billion soul harvest, I pray, Lord, that you would open up the stadium prophecies. I pray, Lord, for every word that was spoken and even the ones that have been sealed and hidden would now come like an explosion of, of assignments. I can see it right now. It's happening. I can see an explosion of assignments falling upon people everywhere. Grab one right now. I just did. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. There we go. Let that come. The Lord is outside of time. We're going to see some things. He will not be outdone, friends. The Lord is with us. Don't don't be discouraged. Yes, we, we could mourn, but don't be discouraged because the Lord is about to move in a greater way than you've ever seen before in history. So, Lord, let it come now. Let that power come. Let the presence come. Let the assignments come. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to Spirit Connection with Doug Addison. Connect with him online at DougAddison.com.